You may be seated. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. That life is worth the living just because he lives. Jason loved that hymn. We actually sang it on Easter morning during the sunrise service. And we had timed the service so that just as we were beginning to sing those first notes, the sun was popping up over the horizon. And it's one of my favorite pictures that Jason has captured um, is at the end of the service as the sun is shining in the background. um, There were a couple of sticks behind the church pavilion that were formed into the shape of a cross. And Jason captured the hope of a sunrise. You all know Jason is someone who loved to capture all of those great moments. He is so proud of having been from this town. Weemsport. I can't do the fingers right. Some of you know it. Weemsport. And as many of you are from here, many of you are not. And one of the hallmarks that is our faith, the people called Methodist, is that we are connectional people. And we still keep finding these connections all along the way of how Jason has been related to so many people. And I think that they got it wrong when they have that, that game, the six, six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, They need to rename it the Six Degrees of Jason Turner because I truly believe he can connect us to every person here and beyond into the whole world. And as we come here today to give thanks to God for Jason's life, I want to start by sharing a story, not about Jason, but by a doctor named Edwin Land. And Dr. Land was walking along the beach one morning with his little girl, and he took a picture of her in the beautiful backdrop of that setting, and she asked her father, can I see it now? Now all of us would say, sure, turn the phone around, turn the picture around. But back in that day, film had to be developed. Can I see it now? The little girl couldn't understand that the picture had to wait, it had to be developed, first into a negative and then printed onto the paper. And what seemed like funny questions to Dr. Land got him thinking about why it was we had to wait to see the picture. And he went on to become the one who invented the Polaroid. Because he wanted it to be possible for us to see a picture immediately. And that's the challenge in this day. In this day and time when we have moved beyond analog and into a digital world where we can see pictures instantaneously, it takes away from the photographer being able to have that eye and that vision and that hope for the composition of what is going to be there. 
The vision to be able to see the picture even before it is printed. And when we hear scripture, like Revelation 21, where John the Apostle is seeing this vision and he's imagining this this scene of the heavens opening up. And when he's describing all of that glory that is to come, that's a vision that is supposed to carry us in hope and carry us toward a future that we can't even begin to imagine. In order to see that picture now, it takes faith. We have faith as the substance of things hoped for, that which is not visible yet, being something that we believe in. And that is what all of those in the Hall of Fame of Faith were commended for, being people who could see God at work, even when the rest of the world couldn't. People who could hope in a future. And that, if nothing else, is what Jason carried into his final years on this earth, a faith. I'm not going to say an unwavering faith, because like anybody else, he would ask from time to time, why? Why was this happening? How could a God of love make my body feel this much pain? But yet Jason believed In the Lord who called forth life even from the dead. He believed in the Lord who went to a little girl who had passed and said, little girl, get up, and she was raised. He believed in a Lord who stood outside of a tomb where the dead had been buried and had been dead for so long that he stank, and God called him forth in the person of Jesus and said, Lazarus, get up. But not before Jesus wept. Jason had faith, knowing that even though all of these stories spoke to a realization that his physical body wasn't going to experience, it was a faith that brought him ultimately to what Jesus was talking about in this Gospel of John. When Jesus is saying that he is going to prepare a place for all of those who know him. Jason believed with every fiber of his being in what Jesus left and promised to leave with each and every person who knows and loves the Lord. And that's not physical healing. It's not assurance that everything is going to be perfect and okay in this life. But what Jesus is promising is what Jason believed, and that is that there is peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Jason had faith that God was going to bring his peace. Jason had faith in all of us, amen? 
I'm sure we could spend the entire day hearing stories about how Jason had faith in those here, that maybe you were at rock bottom in your life, maybe you were, were drowning in your own addiction, maybe you were unsure of what you were going to do next, but Jason was always there for you. He never turned his back on you. He had faith that as a human being, you were worthy of love, unconditional love. And that is the faith that he carried until the final moments. We give thanks to the God who brings us into community with one another. The God who brings us into knowing that what we have here in this world is not the end of it all. For resurrection in Jesus Christ is what awaits all who know and love him. But if nothing else, if you get nothing else from this day of celebration of Jason's life, I pray that you have the peace that Christ offers all. Peace I leave with you. Amen. We have several individuals who are going to give witness to Jason's life. And so first, I'm going to invite his brother, Jamie, to come forward and share. I got to put these on because I'm getting old. (laughs) Which sucks. (laughs) Um... Wow. We expected a lot of people, but there's more here than what I thought there would be. And bless you all for coming. Um, I want to thank Pastor John and Pastor Melissa. You guys have been amazing. And I want to thank... Teresa and Steve for opening up their home to our families Uh, this last two weeks. It was uh, a tremendous thing that they did to allow Jason to die with his family. And uh, we gave him what he wanted. He wanted everyone to be together. And we partied. It was it was uh, a very uh, it was a very loving time. It was very special, even though we had this uh, very sick person laying there with us. Um, it brought it brought us all together in a way that was absolutely beautiful. Um, I want to thank my mom and dad because they're beautiful people. Um, and just the whole family and Catherine and Bodie you're absolutely wonderful and I'm so blessed to have you in my life and my wife and my son 
So I wrote this last night. I read it ten times. And I cried a little less each time, so we'll see if I can get through this. I had pictures, but I wasn't savvy enough to get them together in a format that the church could handle. (laughs) 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 They obviously can't uh, project from my phone, my iPhone, so... Uh, but anyway, before I move on, this picture here is, isn't that an amazing picture? Um, that picture was shot in our studio, and it's not the camera that makes it special, or the person that took it. It's that guy sitting right there in that stool. I remember two little boys that dressed alike. Usually in some swanky 70s plaid (laughs) that were called Ike and Mike as we walked around town. I remember going for long walks at the river with Pap, who everyone called Bodie or Colonel Sanders because he was the spitting image of one famous chicken man. I remember skipping rocks to see who could skip the furthest. This was the beginning of these two boys' lifelong competition to outdo each other. I remember wearing hats all the time, so much so that mom had to hide them from us. Our favorite being black beanies that looked like our dads. But as we got older, we upgraded to Orioles caps and then Orioles batting helmets, which mom definitely hid because we were obsessed with wearing them all the time. I remember growing up loving music because it it was always around. Bluegrass festivals, sleeping in a van, and just being in a community of loving people, always having fun. I remember cleaning house on Saturdays. We always wore hats and we helped mom dust the tables. I remember playing on imaginary horses, which were actually ledges in the house that we grew up in. Jason's horse was Lightning, and mine was Bobo. (laughs) We dressed up like cowboys, and we shot each other with toy guns. I remember a boy that always wore red, and his brother always wore blue. I remember riding bikes, huffies, because they were totally badass. (laughs) And I remember building ramps and laying down so that we could jump over each other. (laughs) I remember walking through the woods and picking up mushrooms. I remember playing baseball, and we we would each pitch, one of us for three innings and the other one for the final three. I remember being in the same classes in school and having all the same friends. I remember roller skating on Saturdays and bowling on Sundays. 
I remember playing football every time it snowed because we could dive to catch the ball and we wouldn't get hurt. (laughs) I remember two trumpet players that battled for first chair. I remember two very awkward teenagers with skateboards and crazy hairdos, holes in our jeans and plaid shirts tied around our waist. I remember taking bike rides in the morning before school to the river so we could prepare for our day. I remember driving in an awful Volkswagen Rabbit because we absolutely had to have a rabbit. I remember driving around on Friday nights with friends and the steering went out, not letting us turn right. So we turned left all night. And that is true. I remember moving to Ocean City where we both made pizzas all summer, stayed up all night, and rode the waves at sunrise. I remember giggling with my brother. We had our own language, and it was the language of laughter. I remember growing up with my best friend. I remember all these things because I was there. We were together, always, side by side. As we got older, we eventually did things individually, but that didn't mean we weren't together. We always had similar interests and did the same things. We were snowboarders, sharing a season pass at Whitetail. Because we looked alike and they could never tell the difference. (laughs) We were in and out of bands, from punk rock to hippie to acoustic duos that played at our favorite wineries. We loved to travel and we took amazing adventures together. The most memorable on a photo expedition around China where Jason and I ventured away from our group every day and at night everyone wanted to see our pictures because we always captured the real China. I remember standing on a very untouristy section of the Great Wall that was collapsing around us. We stood there for hours as we watched the sunset. We spoke very few words. But we said so many things because we were there together in a totally magical place. Jason was an amazing photographer. He had the ability to capture Moments that most people would never even see. He saw them. It was almost like he created them. I loved his style. And I always tried to emulate him. I'm fairly certain he said the same thing about me. But he always reminded me of how he would have done it better. Because we all know Jason was a perfectionist and quite critical 
when it came to his loving brother. <laughs> we both worked very hard at developing our photography careers, but we did have different paths that eventually came back together. His news days as a photojournalist were full of fun, and he loved the rush of news. But eventually he needed stability, and he found that at Ridge Runner Publishing, where he was the director of photography for multiple magazines, and he met a slew of friends, which many of you are here today. He had an infectious personality, always full of laughter and fun, and he made lifelong friends along the way. At Ridge Runner, he would hire me to photograph magazine assignments, and on the weekends, I would hire him to shoot weddings. Our styles played off of each other, and they worked very well together. Our competitive attitudes made for very interesting moments, but also made us reach for perfection almost all of the time. We worked very well together, and we were soon able to do that together full time. Circumstances led us to teaming up, and the twin powers that Turner Photography were born. Jason was a true artist, and anyone that has ever taken a look at his social media would know so. He was so adamant about making posts that were artistic <laughs> that it carried over into work as well, where he made sure that we would never put anything up in public view that wasn't approved by him or maybe me. Like I said, he was a total perfectionist. Along with being my brother and an artist, Jason was truly a family man. He loved his family more than anything. When he met his soon-to-be wife, Catherine, Jason did not like, seem like one to settle down. But that soon changed, and their relationship grew, and then there were wedding bells. Their wedding was amazingly beautiful, and their day was absolutely perfect. They planned a family from the very beginning, and when Bodie James was born, Jason instantly became a terrific father. He lived for that little boy, and he loved being a dad. He took it all in stride, and even though things, even though the tough things that some parents despise, even though there were tough things that some parents despise, and I'm sure Catherine wouldn't agree with me on this, but Jason would always tell me that he cherished the worst moments. Jason and Catherine had a terrific support system with family and friends, and he loved being surrounded by all of them. He loved his in-laws very much, Teresa and Steve and Norman, and all of Catherine's siblings as if they were his own. He was a terrific uncle to all his nieces and nephews and a loving brother-in-law. He absolutely loved spending time in his childhood home with mom and dad, where him and Catherine and Bodie would stay. 
When Jason became sick, home was his place of comfort, and he needed to be home with mom and dad. Jason loved adventure, and nothing was too adventurous for him or his family. They would go places with their little boy and do things without thinking twice. They took Bodie camping at a very young age, and Jason would always make sure that Bodie was outside, rain or shine. Of course, Catherine had a big hand in this as well, because she's not afraid to be outside herself. He was very persuasive in getting Bodie started in BMX racing at a very young age, and he was such a proud dad when, when that little boy raced around the track. Bodie was one of the most photographed kids, and that's for sure. <laughs> because Jason never needed an excuse to create a beautiful photo of him. Every year, as some of you know, they created wonderful Christmas cards that always made you chuckle and sometimes laugh out loud. Bodie was very lucky to be blessed with such a great father and Catherine with such a great husband. Jason had an amazing sense of humor, and he shared that with his family and many of his friends. He always had a knack for attracting individuals that were, for attracting unique individuals. And there was never any shortage of laughter, good times, and great fun. He loved to do things with his friends, and through the years, those friendships created a lot of great stories. He loved each and every one of you. And I know he touched each of you. When Jason neared the end, it was his request that we honor him by keeping those stories and his spirit alive. He was very concerned about Bodhi. And I swore to him that he didn't need to worry. Because all of us have his spirit inside. We all have his stories inside. And we need to not only remember Jason, but we need to carry him through. Through our memories, to his friends, to his family, to his son. And we need to do that for him. Jason, I love you. You made me smile every day. Some days you made me cuss. <laughs> but most days we laugh together. We work together. We live together. You were a great brother. You were a great son. You were a great husband. And you were a great father. You will be missed. But I promise you, from the bottom of my heart, you will never be forgotten. Thank you, Jamie. Well done. Awesome. Denny 
Spickler will come forward now if Denny's here. Wow, I gotta follow that. Nice. <laughs> All this. Yeah, great. Contact my booking agent here. See, when when I met Jason, let's see, it wasn't Jason, it was Jamie and Jason, because that's what it always was when we first met. I can't even remember how long ago. Just trying to it's it's close to 30 years. It's it's crazy. It seems like yesterday. And uh like Jamie said, it was always Jamie and Jason and we had a lot of good times as Jamie and Jason, and then uh, get a little older, so Jason moves away. You know, still have good times a lot. Jamie lives within, I don't know what, three minutes of where I live, so that's bad news right there. So that continued. But uh, I guess Jason had like so many levels that it just it was really easy for a lot of different people to to grab on and he just accepted you I mean like Jamie said I don't know what Jamie said he attracted unique individuals but he said it like in a way I don't know what that inflection was like it was like, it was like I don't know it was a compliment or I don't know but but it's true and Jason was unique and uh, it's like I was looking at his picture and I just, this Renaissance man popped in my head because that's what he is. I mean, and uh, see, my fondest memories, my alone time with him will be uh, well, like we partying. That's that's what we did. I mean, <laughs> and uh, fishing, fishing, and it didn't matter what Turner you went fishing with, something was going to happen. There was something was going to be forgotten. Uh, you would spend most of your fishing trip paddling back upstream because you I'm, I'm hung up, I'm hung up. <laughs> so you'd paddle back upstream. Or you'd go on a four-hour fishing trip with Jason and, uh, in the middle of the summer, and uh, he'd look over and ask for a drink of water. You got one, he, what? You need a bottle of water? You didn't bring a bottle of water? But that was Jason. <laughs> or the time, you know, you pull away after you're fishing, and uh, he looks over and goes, Shit. I left my fishing rod on top of the truck. <laughs> That's Jason. And, uh, yeah. Or when he says, shit, lock the keys in the truck. That's Jason. But that's the, that's the times I'm really going to remember. And Cheris is uh, just those alone times, intimate times. And uh, his laugh, just the goofy laugh. I mean, it was in... The, as soon as you heard it, you knew who it was. And you, just like this guy over here, I heard it back there, and I looked and said, I hear Jamie. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's really, really sad. But, jeez, uh, um, I, I made a really good effort to try to write a coherent string of paragraphs like last night, but Jamie will attest to that. But... Thing. It looks like somebody that was drinking vodka tried to write something. <laughs> that's what it looks like. I don't know. I'm, that's pretty sure. Yeah. There, there was good intent. 
but yeah, like, like I say, it was always Jamie and Jason. That was awesome. I felt it was really neat to have twins as really good friends. It just, I don't know. There's just something about that. And when they were younger, when I first met them, uh, they still worked at the Kodak shop in the mall. And they would show me, uh, and, hey, you've got some really good pictures. Go ahead, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to say what good pictures are, but... And if, uh, if I would see them individually without their girlfriends, I didn't know who it was. Because, well, they're, they're identical twins, so I'd just be like, hey, man, you know, I wouldn't... Dude, or... Because that's what you did. Unless they were with their girlfriends, I had no idea. And, but later on, then, Jamie lost most of his hair, and Jason still had some a little bit, so I could tell them tell apart. But... And I'm just going to miss the guy. He was just, like I say, he was a really multi-talented, awesome guy who accepted everybody. And just like Bill and Cindy always made me feel like family. And to accept me for people that know me is not a lot, of, a lot easy to do sometimes, but, you know, they always did. And I really love them for that. And I love Jason. I'm going to miss him. And I was really glad I got to come and see him, say goodbye, tell him I loved him. And my best I was trying to remember the last time I saw him before he got sick. And I was so mad because I couldn't remember. I was like pounding myself. And then it hit me. And this was actually after he got sick when he was having a couple good months. And uh, he came to my house and we drove down to the river bottom. And sat down there a while and did what we do and talked. And we didn't talk about sickness. We just talked about funny stuff, you know. We liked to laugh, and he had a wicked, sick sense of humor. And anything was funny if you could laugh at it. I mean, and I wish I had all the text, because that's all we've really been doing here for the last year and a half. It's been a way, a little bit of a distance, and some of those texts are just, I'm going to treasure those, because they're just gut busters. I mean, you go from, I mean, you're talking about topical things such as farting and enemas, but it's really, it's fun, you know, it's, it's great. Hey, what are you doing, dude? Oh, I'm about to get an enema. Great, cool. And the uh, big dilemma was he, he asked me if he should let the nurse do it, and I said, well, sure, why not? I mean, I gave him the advice. I said, just back into it when it gets to you. Just act like you like it, you know, shock him a little bit. So I don't know what he did. He probably did it, knowing him. But I'm going to miss the guy, and we all are. And he touched a lot of people, as pretty evident. So I love you guys, and thanks for raising a great son, great pair of sons. Love you. Thank you, Denny. No worries. Pastor Melissa is a professor of speech and communication. You, would, he, would he pass your class? I didn't hear what she said, so. Matt Umstead, please come. I'm a little afraid of heights. It's a little high up here. I was the officiant at uh, the uh, wedding for uh, Jason and Catherine eight years ago. It was a... uh, It was a butterfly, caterpillar kind of day. And I wrote a little ditty 
called Chrysalis in June, and I didn't realize I was going to add chapters to it, but I promise it's pretty short. The last chapter is on your program. Um, Chrysalis in June, if you'd like to close your eyes, you can. Dancing beneath a great lantern, a gold, golden butterfly floats in the light, twirling about, swirling about, in dewy air of a, another dawn. In the garden she searches for milkweed that nurtures, sustaining the next life awaiting as a season ages her wings, a twinkling of time passes, and now a caterpillar forages about. Plodding about the green lush, stirring the bush before his life passes too. One is part of the other, and a magical circle of life. The milk of heaven nourishes her soul, binding their hearts for all eternity. Bodhi Spring. From this ring, forged by imperfect hands, clasped tight, woven and knotted, a spark of innocence flashes defying the dark, cold time ahead. Even as the icicles sharpen for war, even as snow covers the high ground, a miracle of light grows strong, warming spring's crocus to the fight from the hands of God's magic force. A new voice fills the morning air, the fight. Warming a day that is already full, hear the siren call of paradise, around the bend in the Blue Ridge, where the fog gathers before breakfast and after dinner as the last light lingers. In the quiet of the whirling pines that stand together, united in the nights of spitting snow, holding strong for the coming winter, in the day of blinding rain, bracing hard for ensuing struggle, unbreakable, forever dancing here. Love is found in the white of the eyes, a strong, steady warmth, unchanging, unflinching in a way, moving through a lens of this life. Across a blue sky, flamed with fluffy clouds, smiling at the sun and the heavens beyond this world, where a beacon of light now shines and a guitar plays Jason's song on and on forevermore. Thank you. That was beautiful, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing those powerful words. Lisa. Jason and I used to work together at the journal, and uh, it was just the first chapter in a long story together, <laughs> a long story. When he was sick, um, he was always looking for words of encouragement, and at the time, I lived far away, and I couldn't 
visit him as often as I wanted to. So one thing I like to do was send him little quotes and poems. And one day he said he could really use a poem. And so the poem that came into my mind first was Song of Myself by Walt Whitman. So I sent it to him. Because I think Walt Whitman captured who Jason really is. And so it's a long, very long poem, but I've taken out just a few excerpts, and I'd like you to hear it. I hope you think of Jason when I read this. Song of Myself. I celebrate myself and sing myself and what I assume you shall assume. For every atom belonging to me, as good belongs to you. I loaf and invite my soul. I lean and loaf at my ease, observing a spear of summer grass. My tongue, every atom of my blood, formed from this soil, this air, born here of parents, born here from the parents the same and the parents, their parents the same. I, now 37 years old, in perfect health, begin hoping to cease, not till death. The smoke of my own breath echoes, ripples, buzzed whispers, love roots, silk thread, crotch and vine, my respiration and inspiration, the beating of my heart, the passing of blood and air through my lungs, the sniff of green leaves and dry leaves and of the shore and dark-colored sea rocks and of the hay in the barn, the sound of the belched words of my voice, loose to the eddies of the wind, a few light kisses, a few embraces, a reaching around of arms, the play of shine and shade on the trees as the supple boughs wag, the delight alone or in the rush of the streets or along the fields and hillsides, the feeling of health, the full noon trill, the song of me, Rising from bed and meeting the sun. Do you see, oh my brothers and sisters, it is not chaos or death. It is form, union, plan. It is eternal life. It is happiness. The past and present will. I have filled them, emptied them and proceed to fill my next fold of the future. Listener up there, what have you to confide in me? Look in my face while I snuff the sidle of evening. Talk honestly, no one else hears you, and I stay only a minute longer. Do I contradict myself? Very well, then, I contradict myself. I am large, I contain multitudes. I concentrate toward them that are nigh. I wait on the door slab. Who has done his day's work? Who will soonest be through with this supper? Who wishes to walk with me? Will you speak before I am gone? Will you prove already too late? The spotted hawk swoops by and accuses me. He complains of my gab and my loitering. 
I too am not a bit tamed. I too am untranslatable. I sound my barbaric yawp over the roofs of the world. The last scud of day holds back for me. It flings my likeness after the rest. And true as any on the shadowed wilds, it coaxes me to the vapor in the dusk. I depart as air. I shake my white locks at the runaway sun. I bequeath myself to the dirt to grow from the grass I love. If you want me again, look for me under your boot soles. You will hardly know who I am or what I mean, but I shall be good health to you nevertheless and filter and fiber your blood. Failing to fetch me at first, keep encouraged. Keep encouraged. Missing me one place, search another. I stop somewhere waiting for you. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And we're going to pause now and and watch a, a, a tribute 